0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and now you can enjoy all your favorite electric surge podcasts on the Electric Now channel. Download Zumo, Distro TV, Stir, and the Electric Now app, where you can enjoy great television and movies from Electric Entertainment, as well as all your favorite electric surge podcasts like the 430 movie, Inglorious Trexperts. The Best Movies Never Made, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and coming soon, Two on Who, a Doctor Who podcast.
1: You must learn to listen to The Rebel and the Rogue, or you will not be allowed to come with me to Alderaan.
2: If you're a fan of the
1: 430 movie,
3: you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller, and Steven Scarlatta, where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2, Johnny Quest, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is
0: Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy
2: it.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious
0: Trexperts.
1: Hey, I,
0: <laughs> yo, you're gonna <laughs> sing. I, I didn't know. I I, I I I can wait until you finish your little ditty. No, I'm done.
2: Worlds may change, galaxies disintegrate, but a woman always remains a woman.
0: Good because I don't want to waste a minute at the top of the show because so much excitement is happening today during the Trek Sports. We have returning guest, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller, writer of Thor and X-Men First Class, producer and so shows his lore and Terminator, the Saracana Chronicles, and Fringe. And he is back to talk Trek because that's what he loves to do the
2: most. Isn't oh, it, Ashley Edward Miller? It is what I like to do the most. Okay. Also, two hands, right? Ooh. Now, I'm Edward sorry.
0: The next our next guest, I've been trying to get her on the show for such a long time, and she is so busy. She's yeah. so busy that she cannot, she has not been able to find, it took a pandemic to actually find time to get our next guest Always to come up. Always busy. Down. Busy, busy, busy. So, uh, so we're so thrilled. Uh, you know her as a writer and a producer for such shows as The Flash, uh, um, the Vampire Diaries, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, you remember Grey's Anatomy? Oh, yeah, it's still <laughs> yeah. on after all these years. The residual checks are still pouring in. And, uh, you know, if it's a show you love, chances she's worked on it. In <laughs> fact, um, was it your first show, um, Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict? Was that your first TV Actually, show?
3: Actually, it was my second show.
0: Farscape. Mm-hmm. Farscape.
3: No, Farscape. Yeah. So third. you got...
0: So. I want to welcome Gab Gabrielle Stanton to our show. She has the geek bona fides, like uh, amazing, amazing <laughs> geek. I mean, who you know, started a career on *Forest Cape*, <laughs> then you went off and did you know things like *Ugly Betty* and *Grey's Anatomy*, and then you realized it sucks I not to be
3: to my true love genre. I am back.
0: <laughs> she's back, baby, welcome. and she's back on the *Trek* So welcome, Gab.
3: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, and you, especially six so o'clock. The- Totally my zoom happy hour so the fact that i'm not drinking is right now is a testament <laughs> to how much i love you well you can still uh, be well, happy nobody's stopping you i know. You know i didn't think of that until later by halfway through this podcast i could have been like let me tell you kids
0: so. you know we, we were toying with the idea and we might still do it during this whole quarantine of doing a podcast on sunday nights called live at lola's and sort of getting the whole gang back together I love to do that. a podcast where we just talk about Stuff. whatever you know stuff that's going on
3: we'll have to, that's, to make apple martinis i don't know if i actually know how to make one. Oh, we know how uh, darren knows all right oh, yes
0: <laughs> darren's gonna bring it over in a in a in a mask <laughs> and it'll be he'll have one of those filter masks from the cloud minders right and it says i said
1: drink
3: <laughs> no drink like I, I the frog
0: lights do, <laughs> do. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, you know, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Lowe's was this this wonderful uh, uh, place we all used to hang out Sunday nights. It was uh, a bar, restaurant, Algonquin table mm-hmm. that made the greatest mac and cheese and chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. in all the free world. I can't speak for the uh, the non-free world. Maybe an autocratic society makes better chocolate chip cookies and you know mac and cheese, but I don't think so. So I think they probably had the best mac and cheese. In the
3: I think they genre. had it probably in the whole universe because wasn't our waiter like <laughs> abductee. And I think he would have known if they'd taken to another planet with better mac and cheese, he would have told us.
0: Could be. That is so funny because that is true. Our waiter <laughs> took great pride. He would give us his abduction stories uh, whenever, every Sunday we go and we'd find out which waitresses had booked, you know, big, you know, one of them became a big, big star scandal, uh, Darby Stanchfield. And um, and then uh, one of our waiters would talk about, you know, his abduction stories, where who abducted him that weekend and wh- what planet they went to. And he had a lovely business.
3: guy. Alien abductee was like his job, like. What was his name? I can't remember his name, but it was Alien Abductee. Well,
0: Vogue. Well, let's just call Vogue. him Vogue. I, you know, I, I I, could tell you what his real name is, but he's become a very prestigious sort of advocate for trans rights and oh, really? made a documentary about that, and he's he's doing great. I I don't know if he wants to publicize his abduction stories, so we'll just call him what he asked us to call him back in the day, which was, was Vogue, Vogue, sort of like the Madonna song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, today, we got a great subject because um, it's something we wanted to do for a while, and for whatever reason, we hadn't gone to it. But we're calling today's episode The Women. The women. You know, after that classic line that uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, the, the said Horrible in, um, reading by Leonard Nimoy as a, <laughs> as a stoic Vulcan.
2: He was still finding his character. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. He hadn't found it at all. It but... was a
3: pilot. He was looking in the wrong place.
1: He
2: was
3: looking yeah. in the wrong place. He was kind of yelly in that pilot. He used, he he used to speak very loudly.
0: Yes. I, I I like when they describe it as shouty. That spot right. was very shouty. Um, he was at full intensity. <laughs> score one for Ashley. Um, I'm not sure uh, how many people um, have seen this because I have not. Um, but... Um, I guess apparently the short treks did something to explain why Spock was emotional in the oh. cage, um, and I have not seen it, so I can't talk I, about it. But, but uh, we shan't speak of it on the Trexperts.
3: No. Okay. We like fair, to be positive I, on I, I the
1: Inglorious Trexperts oh, oh, and thus oh. we shouldn't talk about it.
3: Oh, I have. I thought it was going to be like he found out his sister Michael had like disappeared into the far future, and he was so mad at that time in his life that well. he just shouted.
1: That's kind of part of
0: it, but that's okay.
3: Yeah. Ooh, I,
0: got it. I, I just
3: It's nothing I really ever
0: wondered about, to be honest. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe it's great. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I never really wondered why Spock was yelling in that episode. No, he was 13 I mean,
1: years it, younger. That's
0: why. And uh, he was trying to fit in with humans. Yeah. And G- Jeffrey Hunter's performance was so low-key that Leonard needed to do something. <laughs> and uh, number one, played by Machel Barrett, was the unemotional one.
2: He was looking Post for his leash. was yelling. He wanted a lane. His lane was yelling.
0: <laughs> Clearly it worked because obviously, yeah, you know. It worked out. As, as Gene Ronberry uh, said, Leonard Nimoy got the part and Majel, and he got the wife. What is the line? I don't know. Oh, what do
1: Mark, Mark, Mark. I'm going to have to well, see your, your credentials on this one. Um, what's No, what's the, the, line? the line was, well, the network wanted me to get rid of one of them. So I uh, I kept the alien and married the woman. <laughs> See, I
0: I actually knew that. I just wanted to
3: get there uh-huh. to sure do that. Did. Sure.
0: <laughs> so anyway, we're we're going to talk today about the role of women. You know, it's interesting because I think for a younger generation, a lot of you, you you hear this a lot um, that somehow that, uh, that, that the original Star Trek was sexist. That uh, the the role of women were you know sort of uh, ornamental ornamental. That they were ornaments. That they were just there to sort of um, you know contribute to Captain Kirk's uh, reign of conquest and. You know, it's something we've we talked about in the um, show before, uh, and I think that we have a different perspective on it. But I'd love to hear, you know, I, I know what we've said in the past about uh, the role of women on the original Star Trek. What What is your, sort of your take on it, Gab? I mean, you're a huge original mm-hmm. Star Trek fan what, and a big...
3: It's interesting. I hope this isn't going to be controversial. But I, I'm going to say that actually I find and found... Uh, The original series, far more progressive and pro-feminist than The Next Generation. When you look at the women that were in the original series, I mean, you know, the women that came on, you know, as as guest stars, they were all like, you know, astrobiologists or like attorneys. You know, they all were like serious women. They weren't just like, you know, women and who weren't like equals in any way. And when you looked at the women, because obviously there was kind of the woman of the week that Kirk would be interested in, he really punched above his weight in almost every episode. I mean, he was, he was going after Queens and, you know, heads of societies and at the end of it, they all kind of said, okay and walked away and he went home with a broken heart. So I really feel like the original series did a much better job of kind of showing the, the equality between it. Next gen I thought, I have always thought was a little bit weaker, I mean, you know, the only strong women in the in the ship really were caretaker roles, you know, nurses, doctors, mm-hmm. empaths, things like that. Um, and I never found any of the women guest stars nearly as compelling as I did in the original series. Hmm.
0: That, that's a really interesting perspective because, and I would be inclined to agree, I know it's something that marina and gates talked about a lot when i used to interview them back in the day and even now i guess at conventions they still bemoan the fact that you know you look at something like cupid when the guys are fighting you know robin you know as robin hood and causing all kinds of mayhem the women are hitting people over the head flower pots Mm -hmm. and it was a very sort of regressive kind of 90s you know sort of we don't want the women to be too strong and they were very much in caretaker roles and you know it's a very i mean it's like the rest of next generation which is very soft and I, I think we could argue that it was redressed in deep space nine but um you're uh, it's something we've talked about in the past if you look at star trek and i think the classic trek gets painted with the brush of the turnabout intruder curse where right. janet lester says there are no captains you know women can't can which we've always said you know she thought in her twisted mind because clearly she was psychotic because she wasn't that selected that, was the case. that there were
2: no right. women right you know there's another interesting way of, of looking at um at how women were presented in the original series is in the 1960s there were not women naval officers aboard combat ships there were not women going into space that simply did not happen by the time we got to the next generation that was a different deal man now we have women fighter pilots we have like you know women doing all of these jobs it's no longer something that's aggressive. It's just something that's real. Um, and somehow it took, um, the next generation, I would argue until best of both worlds part one with commander Shelby Mm -hmm. to catch up Mm -hmm. with what, uh, the original series was doing. Right. right? But, um, you know, uh, you know, even nurse chapel, even like in a, in a caretaker role, right. I mean, they were, um, they were outliers, right. That, that would have been just as strange, um, as, as anything else. Uh, you know, to, to somebody in the 60s, kind of looking at that show and saying, wow, Liam, that's, I don't expect to see a woman on that bridge or or playing that role because that's not what happens. Yeah, okay, when did you
3: start? Gener- Go ahead. As you said, the next generation, the potential for Tasha Yar was so interesting in that first season because yeah. that was something that I felt was a little out of the box. You know, she's a security officer. She's basically head of the Enterprise, uh, you know, police. Right. And i I always regretted that they, you know, kind of never, at least could have hired another woman after she left or, or something like that. I mean, yeah, don't get it by I love you.
1: Really, they didn't really take advantage of her character and actually develop any stories that w- used her correctly or well at all. Uh, yeah, it, I, I totally agree. Um, what I was going to ask is um, when did you start watching the original series? At what point in your life?
3: M- me, Gabrielle? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I was eight years old.
0: He knows when I started.
3: Can I tell you? It's funny. It's really funny. I was eight years old. I found it by accident. The f- episode was Turnabout Intruder. It was on at 6 p.m. WPIX mm-hmm. New York. Right. It was terrible. It horrified me. I was scared to death. I hated it. And then two days later, went back and have never stopped watching it.
2: <laughs> Probably when you the went. God intruder or Star Trek? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, you Star just, Trek.
2: Oh, okay. It's not like Turnabout Intruder on Infinite. No,
3: and and, and the real irony is, it took me twenty three years to get my father to sit down and watch an episode with me. Whoa. And this was like you know in the time where you did I didn't have the DVDs or whatever. Sat down. What episode do you think they're showing? Pick the one that would be the one.
1: Uh, <laughs> does it begin with a T?
3: No. Worse.
2: Uh oh. Does Begins it begin with, with a, an S? Is it
3: Spock's brain? Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, holy shit! My dad <laughs> called me for years after that and be like, "Hey, did you ever find that guy's brain?"
1: <laughs> in fact, they brain, did. Brain, what is brain? Because <laughs> it, it's it's interesting that you know pretty much all of us watched it in that same time in our lives, and I think that it. Because we hadn't been exposed to a lot of the real world. Uh, that it was a very sort of specific template for how human behavior works right it, it was sort of uh, one of our guides that sort of uh, showed us how to interact with people and how to uh, respect others and uh, include others and be angry with others occasionally and and uh, uh listen to others and it's 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 a very strange thing when you i, I think when you watch it uh, at a different age because you then sort of can separate the uh, the fantastic from the reality um but still they are they are very good sort of uh i'm not going to say morality tales because that 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 seems to put them in a In a a more menial box i think it's it's better as a um sort of a forward-looking way of how society should work you know it's a
3: very idealized society and it's messed me up for the rest of my life because i thought life was like that and then i got out into the real world and discovered No, No. it was tougher for me to be allowed to be an astrobiologist than it was in the 60s um, if I was so inclined. Um, So I think you're absolutely right. It it kind of made all of us think that we were just moments away from this kind of society. And sadly, we we are waiting still a little bit longer. Go ahead, Mark.
0: I also feel that uh, it also taught us how to banter. You know, I, I feel like that, you know, a lot of my sense of humor is informed by the relationships in the original Star Trek. And I will say that, you know, again, there's been a lot of criticism, criticizing of Shatner or Kirk's, you know, quote unquote womanizing. But I think it's very much like James Bond, where James Bond... Um, has this pain, this emptiness in his soul, right? That he kills, and he's trying to drown out the demons with the drink, and you know, every and 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 the women, women, the womanizing. And I think for Kirk, it's something very similar, which is why the greatest love of his life is his ship, and why he would abandon Carol Marcus and his kid, and why he would have these short dalliances with these women, but they would never be meaningful or last. And yet, as Darren has pointed out, there's still a great deal of affection. Uh, because if you look at Court Martial, or you look at Deadly Ears, or you look at even Shore Leave, all these women still like him, even yeah. after they've broken up. He's not that asshole ex-boyfriend. Because
1: he always I mean, respected even Carol them. Marcus. He always respected them and treated them as absolute equals. Dr. McCoy said you were here. I should have felt it in the air, like static electricity.
3: <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere.
2: It's been, how long has it been?
3: Four years, seven months, and an odd number of days. Not that I'm counting.
1: You look marvelous. You haven't changed a bit.
3: Things have changed for you, haven't they?
1: Well, you've heard about that, haven't you?
3: I'm a lawyer in the judge advocate's office, remember?
1: I remember. Let's
2: forget. We have a lot of lost time to make up
3: for it. And there Well, was. Jim
2: Burke was many things, but he was never a Boy Scout.
3: No, But, like, but I'm glad prepared. the Yeoman Rand relationship never happened because that yeah. would have been a, a clear, like, abuse of power in the sense that they were, you know, such different stages of where they were. Absolutely. Um, but, like, he really did date, again, equals. Even if you were an alien queen or something, it was someone powerful. It was someone he was not going to be taking advantage of. But, and,
1: well, and that's a and great they, point. They make a, a point to say that where he was actually angry that starfleet had assigned him a female yeoman mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because because he he viewed it as completely inappropriate
3: mm-hmm. and
1: it was only in you know the uh the uh, uh enemy within that the evil side uh took advantage of the situation and right. that was one of his awful traits that he had suppressed that he had mastered you see,
3: well, you see the Bowen's opposite of... asked him what you don't trust yourself right yeah
0: you see the opposite of that in mary where she is really going through a crisis of conscience and and sort of you know being sort of coming on to kirk and he's like pushing her away right. and trying to help her through this difficult time but there's nothing romantic he's not taking advantage not of it and e- even with you know you talk about you keep coming back to royalty a lot of troyes i mean that was the tears right. Yeah, mm-hmm. know the the, the the elogian tears it wasn't as though it was he was like influence yeah yeah, yeah. He got exactly
3: root. he was alien space roofied <laughs> oh my god but, uh, but um, it's the one thing i think the original series did not do well is men and women just as platonic friends next gen right. did do that better the relationship between you know picard and 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 even you know not only beverly crusher but also the relationship kind of with Picard and deanna troy as the series progressed. I thought mm-hmm. it was a very mature, you know, you never were like, ooh, they're going to end up together. You know, right. it just seemed like a very nice, like, you know, female-male dynamic. But I think a lot, of that
1: has, a lot of that has to do with Picard as a character himself. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's sort of asexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know at, at the baseline. So I think, and that's kind of why any of the uh, sort of romantic stories kind of didn't really gel. A lot, except when you had the occasional guest star come in, and they sort of, you know, hammered that down, you know, to be a little blunt. But well, um, it was
3: interesting because Riker was supposed to be the, you know, the the womanizer of it, right? His choices were interesting, and I'm not judging him saying badly, everyone is looking for something different in, in a relationship. But Riker definitely was someone who was looking to be a protector, he did always seem to choose women who needed help or, you know, were someone he could kind of you know, almost like paternally take care of. And that was very different than Kirk, I
1: thought. A little bit, I, other than that uh, sort of dalliance he had in Haven, you know, with the leader of the planet that sort of had him as a pet for a oh, little
3: Oh, right, life. when he was, uh, yeah, 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 when men had no rights, right? Yeah,
1: right. yeah,
0: and and oh. horrible dresses to wear.
3: Yeah.
0: Was that Haven or Angel One? That was but, Angel One. Sorry. Yeah, maybe it was
1: Angel but, One. I, you God, know what, me. that's the problem I'm with sorry. those first season episodes. Haven was the one where- A lot of them are interchangeable.
2: Yeah, totally. However, uh, Minuet, right? Mm 11001001. Right. right. I mean, she was great. That relationship was really interesting. Yes, because she was
1: completely fabricated from the Enterprise herself.
2: Right. Yeah. But she felt like a real whole human being, which I thought was the thing that was great about that that relationship and, and that dynamic. And that the the attraction between them like didn't come along with a lot of the baggage that Gab is talking about that I think is, is totally true. Which is why I think at, at the end, you just sort of felt like, you know, he just kind of got poleaxed by the end of that episode. was right. Right. Um, like, oh shit. I mean, it's it's why I think that episode works. Minuet was a great character.
3: That was a great character. It's interesting though, you bring that up because requiring from Methuselah, when you had Raina and Kirk, you know, again, that right. was another android and that broke Kirk's heart so badly that Spock had to like go do a little like you know, mind thing. So maybe right. maybe captains have a thing for robots. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah. They probably do because you know if if Kirk is in fact uh, in love with his ship, then he loves inanimate Uh-oh. objects.
0: Uh,
2: sometimes a little too much. <laughs> hey, that
1: was never it's, proven.
0: It it's interesting because know. you know it's interesting how you know I, I, even then the perception of being masculine is shaped because of course you had, uh, Patrick Stewart lobbying for more action mm-hmm. and both not only action adventure, but right. action with the ladies. And so what's like the first relationship they do to address that Jennifer Hetrick right. in mm-hmm. captain's holiday, which is a ridiculous relationship. I actually think it's a fun episode, but yeah. just because but it's, it's so off concept, but it's ridiculous. Um, then of course they got involved with, life, you know, whereas I think that, you know, the seventh season episode where Wendy Hughes plays this um, woman that he has to send do- down on a, to a planet and potentially send her to her death, which, you know, sort of puts a a, a problem becomes a problem in their relationship uh, is a fascinating episode much more nuanced and much more realistic and, 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 and where that show really shines, where something like Captain's Holiday is, you know, is just a lark and really you know not remotely sort of a progressive kind of idea in its treatment of women although you know she's a rogue and so you could say oh maybe she's faking it with Picard to get what she wants but the idea that he's so irresistible you know uh, is kind of
3: I, I thought Captain's holiday was it was delightfully like you know pro-women compared to uh, Cupid which I love is the, the Robin Hood part of the episode right. but she shows up on the ship she like slept with this guy like once and it's upset that he isn't, like, writing books about it. I mean, she keeps going up to everyone, like, he never talked about me, but but we were together for six whole hours. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you didn't ask him, like, are you married? Is there someone else in the ship? I mean, like, just shows up and freaks out all over him. I was like, okay, someone on that writing staff is like, going through a breakup right now.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> look, it's, it's interesting because that was an entirely male writing staff, and... Um, you know, ultimately Jerry Taylor joins the staff um, as a producer, but you know, from pillar on down, you know, and it was very much a young boys club, and it was very much young boys in the '90s. I mean, it was swingers times, whatever. Um, and and it's it's really interesting when you look back because we were just talking recently to Elizabeth Dennehy about Best of Both Worlds, and there's that line that I always cringe at, which is where you know Hanson played by George Murdoch, uh, you know, is, is, is admiring uh, Shelby after she walks out and Picard says something, he says, only an old man's fantasies, and it comes across like oh. so pervy now and so 90s, and you know, it's like, I, that would never you know, kind of fly now, and in a way to me, that's so much worse than anything in the original series and uh, even my wife, when we were watching it, she was like yeah, she she was getting upset. She goes, and she loves next, as you know, loves next generation more than I do, even. And and says, uh, you know, Riker would never treat a man the way he's treating Shelby. You know what? She got real, I, like,
2: uh- I remember when you mentioned that on the show, and I I've got to disagree. Um, and maybe it's because I've taken enough walks around the uh, the A ring of the Pentagon, getting my ass chewed. Um, but uh, but I can tell you for sure and certain um, uh, that he was kind of soft peddling his uh, his crankiness with uh, with shelby like as much as it may have seemed otherwise i mean that's just how you get talked to uh you know when you when you step out of line that's just that's just being in the military uh, which well, i good. thought was actually like when i watched that episode it's one of the things that i love the most right it's like you know he treats her like you know you're stepping on this ship and I'm treating you like an equal who is on my ass, and you're going after my job, and by God, I'm going to fight for it. Except I don't know why I'm fighting for it, and that's the thing that's making me crazy, right? Um, so I mean, I I love that relationship. It's one of the reasons why I love Shelby so much because I felt like it 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 brought that um, it brought that out of him, um, and it kind of took him out of his his comfort zone in a way.
1: Hey, good. I, I have I have a question. What is your perspective on the whole uh, Riker and Deanna Troy? relationship
3: oh ending up together uh well not just that but this,
1: but, the but you know the, the progression of it i mean obviously it was based on uh decker and ilea from uh, mm-hmm. the motion picture um so they had they had a past they had been together before um but when they you know meet again on the enterprise d they sort of have this sort of half-assed uh you know remembrance of each other and it it progresses through you know the various seasons, and it kind of doesn't go anywhere. And it, it but it we understand it doesn't go anywhere for a reason because they kind of weren't supposed to be together. Right. And then they wind up together.
3: But you know it's funny because it, it felt the first season I think was the worst because you could never decide whether you know he was mooning on over her. The episode where Troy's right. our fiance shows up and you right. and you have it. Weird scene yeah. in the in the holodeck with the red rocks. I'm like, where'd you find that? Um, you know, I think they just hadn't quite decided. I think again, it was a little bit like um, the Yeoman ran Captain Kirk thing. They thought it was going to be such a great idea to have this like tension of two people who used to be together working together, but was that going to mess up Riker's ability to have a new girlfriend every week if they decided right. to go down the path? Mm-hmm. So I think the relationship matured as it went along. And they became friends. I liked that friendship aspect of it. I always kind of figured it get together. I could never figure out the Deanna-Troian War thing. I just never quite got that. And I guess that was to, like, I don't know, make Riker jealous or do something. But, you know, for me, it was just one of those on-again, off-again relationships where it's, like, those people you read about who met in, like, high school and, like, stayed friends. They marry the people, they get divorced, and then they go back to.
1: Because honestly, I could never see the any any uh, chemistry between them. I mean, no. Reich, Riker and Guinan had more chemistry <laughs> in a okay. couple scenes than Deanna yeah. ever did with him. That was because they were drinking.
3: I thought Guinan and Picard had chemistry. I wanted that to happen. Yeah, I mean, yes. that, that too. In I mean, touch with what's keeping you from touching. <laughs>
2: What? So I was watching yeah, the yeah, child five, like Star Trek: The Next Generation bit with uh, with, with um, Patrick Stewart like and it was Guinan's whole thing. You gotta get in touch. What's keeping you from touching? Because it was the love boat. Right. Oh
0: yes, yes, yes. I I was uh, I was watching the child recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one? Second se- The second season oh. premiere of Next Gen. And you know it's the one where um, because we were uh, doing a thing about Phase Two and I wanted to go back and watch that and um. Uh, you know uh Troy gets impregnated by this alien and of course you know Riker's sitting there he's like
3: yeah like, who who
0: knocked you up basically and he's literally. like really pissed off yeah. and 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 it's like so awful it's so awful um but i completely agree with you Gab about Worf and and Troy i guess the origin of that was in one of the alternate universe episodes, I think it was Parallels or something, Worf and Troy were together and they liked that dynamic so much they started writing it in the real show. And of course, Marina and Michael both hated it. Or at least yeah. Marina did. And um, Well, but Worf ended it,
3: up with Jadzia with Dax too, didn't he? It, yes. Yeah, so he just got... Which was great
0: in Deep Space Nine.
3: Yeah. women is what Worf gets. Yeah. Actually, I liked that that part of the relationship I liked. Yeah, that, that was, was terrific. Just, it's so funny
2: because I even forgot that he had been involved with Deanna. Like you mentioned, I was like, wait, when did oh shit, you're right. That happened. It just it didn't register for me. Gen Zia,
3: yes. Well it's seriously well, happening if you watch uh Picard. So spoiler.
0: No. Right. Oh what you're saying is uh, that uh, uh, well in Nemesis they get but, married. and Nemesis yeah. uh Riker and Troy get married so they're
2: together and yeah, the no, obviously but I have a
3: Nemesis is canon. I keep going back and forth. <laughs> There are a lot of things we don't consider canon. <laughs> we run out of
2: canon approximately 2001. Something like that. <laughs> well, oh
1: uh, Warf and, and Deanna would have never worked because of her uh, uh, allergy to foam
0: latex. Oh. And yeah, but you know. I, I got to say, not only was the relationship in Deep Space Nine between Worf and Jadzia so interesting, the way they dealt with it when Ezri Dax came on board mm-hmm. for the final season was really interesting, too. It was a really interesting examination of Trill culture, because even though she was still Dax, she wasn't still Jadzia Dax. And that w- that made that whole Ezri transition a little more palatable, mm-hmm. because, of course, the reason for that was... Uh, the negotiations with Terry Farrell um, and you know it's a he said she said thing but for whatever reason she didn't come back and um, uh, you know I, I, I'm a huge fan of Terry Farrell and I, I thought Nicole Debord did fine and, and in large part because that storyline is interesting that she's trying to live up to uh, Jadzia and um, you know it's really tragic because you see the pain that Uh, a wharf is having but we'll get to deep space nine because of course by the end of next generation i think they start to redress some of the problems particularly with the emergence of ensign row such a powerful character Mm -hmm. although she was Mm -hmm. recurring and probably you know not as big a part of the show as could have or should have been but that sort of paved the way for deep space nine where where it seems they really redress some of the ills of next generation in terms of its depiction of women because of course you have kiera who's a great character dax Mm -hmm you know, who who ends up becoming a great character uh, once they realized how to write her. Once
2: um, she started
3: hanging out with Klingons, that nope. was it.
2: Blood Oath, I think, was her coming out party. Yeah.
3: Mm. Well, it was. I mean, it was interesting. I remember even just like from the pilot, but it was interesting and yet sad. And they felt like in order to kind of create this like strong woman character who was going to be like best friends with Cisco and everything, it really only worked because she used to be a man. Right. So you know, it was kind of that that thing. You were kind of a little bit, but I I loved. I came to love that character. I think she was probably one of my favorite characters through mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. I think she had so so much richness to her, and and it was just such a great idea to have all these past lives to be able to go back and and refer to. It's very Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah <laughs> yeah. I loved her
0: sense of humor, too. You know, it's like she, you know, she, she had much more of a sense of humor than most of the characters had in the recent Star Treks. And she's very, you know, she's very funny. And it's no accident that Terry then went on and did a very successful sitcom in Becker because she, I think she had a great facility with comedy, more so than with Technobabble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, she was the science officer, but that was the least interesting part of her role, was the science officer. But I agree, you know, once she starts palling around with the Klingons, it gets really interesting. Um, now, you you know, uh, but, but uh, really Major Kira is just such a fantastic character and powerful character. And, and by the time the final season comes around where she now is the former terrorist who has to work with her former enemies, you know, who are now terrorists on
3: Cardassia.
0: It's just a fascinating thing to examine uh, you know, how do you, give up all that vitriol and that animity to um work alongside your former enemy. It's it's, it's it, you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but uh and 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 that again is one of the more interesting things of that final season, I think.
2: How do you do that, Cap? You work with your enemies. I oh, talked to us about Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's Really all about learning to work with people you hate.
3: The thing I loved about the, the Kira character I thought was so interesting is it's one of those few characters in television that could have been cast as a man or as a woman and it wouldn't have made mm-hmm. one bit of difference right. you know it just it was pretty much she played it like that was it right I always thought that was a, a great a great character and she had great relationships with with the people I mean Deep Space Nine did a much better job if I was saying Star Trek Next Generation didn't do a great job of um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I said the original series doesn't do a great job of men and women as friends. Next Generation did better, and I think Deep Space Nine did did much better. I think mm-hmm. you you definitely bought these as, like, you know, you could have a platonic, equal relationship, and no one was thinking about whether you were a man or a woman. Right.
0: Right. And I know for a lot of people, and I've talked about this on the show before, that, you know, Kate Mulgrew is sort of a very iconic important character to them you know the first female starship captain um and and, you know i've talked about how she was never one of my favorite star trek captains but for a generation of young women she was very inspirational something i learned when i was researching you know our book 50-year mission and uh you know what are your thoughts about you know voyager and specifically about janeway
1: you attempt to remove anything from our ship it will be considered an act
2: of war you know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you, color. You can try and stop us from getting to the truth,
3: but I promise you, if you do, I will respond with all the unique technologies at my command. Janeway out. should you go first
2: um okay <laughs> uh well i you know i first of all i love star trek and so do you
3: oh my god you stole my answer no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, um, Voy- voyager is not canon no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> oh boy he, he had so much potential as a character but there's so much i didn't they didn't, I felt like they didn't let her be vulnerable in a good way. Right. They didn't kind of let her reach out and connect with people in a good way. I never cared if she slept with Chicote or not. And that should have been the reason that I turned in every week, because that normally is. Um, I I felt like it was a missed opportunity. and they kind it,
1: of avoided her humanity.
3: Yeah. They were, I think people were afraid. I think it was one of those characters that's written by committee, And no one wants to kind of take a stand on anything, so you never really connect with it. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think, and I've said this before, but I, I feel like they would take steps in the direction of making me go, yeah, she's awesome, and then they would undercut her because the steps they took, they would try to buy back, like, you know, telling the Vidians, you know, if, like, you pull this crap again, like, you know, I'll respond to the deadliest force. Well, they pull this crap again, and she's like, as, yeah, oh, shit, you can't do that. Like you kill her credibility. That's as That's worse than Picard surrendering the freaking Enterprise three times in the first season. Right, right. In the, the first Elisa just surrendered and then got better. Stop doing it. Stop surrendering,
0: John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and it's interesting because I feel like the Vulcans were almost a matriarchal cu- culture mm-hmm. because the most powerful characters on Vulcan were T'Pau you know, who is uh, all Vulcan in one big package. And then even when you look at T'Pring in a mock time, she's the one pulling the strings. She's yeah. the puppet master, right? Right. So it's by the t- time t- you get to... T- yeah, that's right. So by the time you get to Enterprise um, with T'Pol, um, that's a very interesting character in a show that's largely devoid of interesting <laughs> characters. I like the I, You know, I, I... I <laughs> Did you like the dog?
1: Yeah. The I going to good. see you know, the
2: blue Star Trek. Come on. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, Darren. Come on, Darren. No, I, I was raising my hand that I
0: don't want to see that.
3: Um,
0: oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't think Enterprise particularly has... A lot of strong female characters, with the exception of, of T'Pol. And I think that she was one of the better personifications of a Vulcan. We've talked how, how, how much the newer shows have struggled casting Vulcans mm-hmm. to this day. Um, that with the exception of the original show, there, there's a dearth of really great Vulcan performances. And I, I think that Jolene actually gave quite a good Vulcan uh, performance in that show. You humans claim to be
3: enlightened, yet you still consume the flesh of animals.
0: Grandma taught me never judge a species by their eating habits. Enlightened might be too strong a word, but if you'd been on Earth 50 years ago, I think you'd be impressed by what we've gotten done. You have yet to embrace either patience or a logic. You remain impulsive carnivores. Yeah. How about war,
1: disease, hunger? Pretty much wiped them out in less than two generations. I wouldn't call that small potatoes. It remains to be seen whether humanity will revert to its baser instincts. Well, we used to have cannibals on Earth. Who knows how far we'll revert? Lucky this isn't a long mission. Human instinct is pretty strong.
0: You can't expect this to change overnight. With proper discipline. Anything's possible. And, and again, she was a fan. She was a fan, you know. I mean, you can tell. You almost tell who is a fan of Star Trek, who gets it. Terry Farrell was a fan, you know. Kirstie yeah. Alley was a fan, you know, and Jolene was a fan. And they get it, you know. They're not like somebody who, who showed up on breakdowns. Uh, Vulcans are unemotional characters who repress their emotion, you know. It's like, and just show up and talk like this, I am a Vulcan, <laughs> you know. and You mean uh, like all the guest stars on Next Generation. Yeah, like all the guest stars on Next Generation. And, uh, you know, even I know a lot of people like Gary Graham. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of him in this, in in Enterprise. Uh, Although, I think I mentioned, I've watched a bunch of Enterprises recently, and the show has gone up on my uh, estimation of the show, I think. uh, But I don't necessarily feel like the characters are that strong, even though I do think the show isn't as bad as I remember it. I think it's better than I remembered it. Uh, but Or maybe I didn't remember it because I hadn't watched a lot of them, and I watched... Mm -hmm. Some more episodes that were pretty good, um, but I don't feel like they're. You know, I think Bakula is really flat. But but you know, again, not a really bunch of strong female characters. Hoshi is is I I, I barely even remember what she did in that yeah. show. The uh, Linda Park, and I, I know she great. wasn't happy being there.
2: Except Paul right? It's like she's the to me the only truly memorable, truly memorable character with like her own identity. Like is. The rest of them just sort of are a little vanilla on vanilla. How fascinating
1: would it have been if they had kept the original idea and made her actually to T'Pau? Awesome.
3: That would have been cool.
1: It would have been Although, fascinating to see how they dealt with it because there's a lot of stumbling blocks there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But they did bring in T'Pau in the fourth season right. in the Forge three-parter and I'm not sure they completely got that right. Yeah. Um, it's not bad that three-parter isn't bad I mean I think the first one by the Ruth Stevens is actually quite good um it then it stumbles around a little bit and I'm not sure I quite believe that you know the the Vulcans basically did seven days in May with the Vulcans I'm not quite sure about that but um but they, they did some really interesting you know the, the fourth season clearly is is the most interesting season of uh, of that show and I think there's some Fairly strong episodes there, or at least watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to it to its credit. But perhaps one of the most intriguing char- female characters in the Star Trek contemporary canon is Seven of Nine because she, of, of why she exists. She was brought in to goose the ratings Ooh. and be the sex symbol. No one ever would deny that. Right. You know, it's like we're going to hire a hot actress to wear this cat suit and basically increase the ratings that we put on the cover of all magazine. back then that was the age of right maxim and stuff mm-hmm. like the laddie books it's like that's what we need this woman to do and they hired jerry ryan and they got a lot more than they bargained for because it's a very nuanced performance and she's terrific and you know i i would say you know she's certainly probably the most interesting thing in picard for those of us who are watching it oh
3: yeah your decision is tactically unsound We will be surrounded
0: by Hirogen ships in approximately two hours. If we do not surrender the creature, they will destroy us.
2: A lesson in compassion will do me little good if I am dead. It is wrong to sacrifice another being to save our own lives.
3: I have observed that you have been willing to sacrifice your own life to save the lives of your crew. Yes, but that's different. That was my choice. This creature does not have a choice.
0: It invaded our ship. Put our lives at risk to save its own. In my view, it has already forfeited its freedom. I'm giving you an order.
2: Report to deflector control and begin working on creating a singularity. I will not comply.
0: I have agreed to remain on
3: Voyager. I have agreed to function as a member of your crew. But I will not be a willing participant in my own destruction or the destruction of this ship.
1: Jerry Ryan is the most successful, uh, you know, story out of that entire cast. Mm -hmm. You know, she's gone on to do some great work. And, you know, nothing against Kate Mulgrew, because she has always done great work. But, you know, in terms of the secondary characters, you know, Jerry Ryan is absolute tops and has done
2: amazing stuff since. Mm -hmm. But how awesome would it have been if Kate Mulgrew... Had played Captain Janeway the way that she plays her character on Orange Is the New Black. Come on, a totally different show, by the way. uh, And and it's
0: interesting because on paper, the most interesting character in Voyager should have been Belana Torres, the half-human, half Mm -hmm. half Klingon. Like on
2: paper, doesn't that sound like a a great character? And then you have, but now I have to be reminded that she exists again. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about
1: her. Unfortunately.
3: Yeah, she she kind of it's, the the Janeway thing was unfortunate. She was so bl- it's it's funny she you know thinking about it now it's kind of like a parallel. It was like you you're Kate Mulgrew and Patrick McC- uh, Patrick Stewart, two older actors, and they have to shore them up with some young hotties to like kind of make it work. Um, I had never really made that connection before, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So the only let's, character let's, who really was just—I know what the character is—and you either like or you don't—was Cass. You know, Cass right. was just Cass's character. I got it. That was her job. You know, and I thought she was very sweet and endearing. I liked her.
0: I did too, and it's so tragic to see what happened to her. I mean, it's really the actress. Yeah. You know, who was? Yeah. I mean, what happened to the actress? The actress. She's had well, some I, I, uh I, some now what major uh, problems
1: in her life, and uh, I think some uh, addiction problems and oh. uh, some. Uh, That's too bad. I'm not exactly sure so I'm
0: not going to say yeah but regardless You'll it's used on. in a, a bad place and it's really it's really it's really sad. Um so I want to ask you each if you can name your favorite female character in Star Trek history. What's your we'll start with Ashley. What's your favorite woman in Star Trek? This,
2: besides Captain uh, Stanton. Yeah.
0: Uh, She wrote a Deep Space Nine, so you qualify. Oh, my God. I'm having a pick one. All right,
2: go ahead. Uh, It's very, very easy for me uh, because she is also one of my very favorite Star Trek characters, period. Major Kira, later Colonel Kira. Mm -hmm. Period. I mean, no contest. I mean, she's, like, in my top, you know, three or four favorite Trek characters of all
3: time. So ever served with any bajoran women no why i was just wondering sir they become meaningless i just don't agree kira you are throwing it all away all of you you're being a fool well then don't ask my opinion next time yes i'm benjamin cisco i suppose you want the office well i thought i'd say hello first and then take the office But we could do it in any order you'd like. Hello.
1: Is something bothering you, Major?
3: You don't want to ask me that, Commander. Why not? Because I have the bad habit of telling the truth, even when people don't want to hear it.
1: Perhaps I want to hear it.
3: I don't believe the Federation has any business being here. The provisional government disagrees with you. The provisional government and I don't agree on a lot of things, which is probably why they sent me to this godforsaken place. Can I pick one from the series? series?
0: Sure, Gav. Do whatever you want. You could do you can, There are no rules on this show. We're okay. living on the edge. Do whatever you want.
3: I'm going to say I just have to. She wasn't the most interesting character, and she didn't do a lot of stuff, and she was barely there. But but I'm going to have to go with you, Hura, for for original series. She was just a groundbreaking character. It was just amazing to see her every week. And it made me happy. Um, I'm going to go for Kira for, for um, Deep Space Nine, although Jadzia Dax is really side by side. Next Generation is tough because a lot of those women I didn't love. I'm going to go with Guinan because Guinan, every time Guinan was on, it was my favorite episode.
0: Mm. Great. What about you, Darren?
1: Um, I got to say that I'd have to go into a, a guest star uh, on TOS. And that's, uh, pick uh, Helen, Noel Dr. Mm, Helen right. Noel, Dr. Helen Noel. Dr. Helen Noel. That was some
0: Christmas party.
1: It was some Christmas party, but that's the thing. Uh, it, you know, it's episodes like that that make people think that uh, Kirk was screwing everyone left and right. But the the story is that he didn't. He yeah. didn't do that.
0: Right. And yeah. But
1: she wanted him to. And so she plants this scene in his mind in using the... Uh, using the uh, uh, hypnosis, neural neutralizer. the neural neutralizer. Neural neutralizer. Um, he and got roofied again. Yeah, he got roofied. He uh, again. And so we see this scene as it played out in her imagination. So, yeah. uh, But her character is great because she's really smart and she knows what's going on, and she is uh, an expert to uh, advise the captain. And she's, you know, a little distracted by, uh, you know, things that she wanted to happen in the past. But it's still a great story, and she's a great character.
0: Great. Fantastic. Uh, Your turn I'm gonna, now, I'm, Mr. Altman. Yeah. Well, this is a challenging question, indeed. Um, because there's such a plethora of fine choices here. But I would have to say, uh, with TOS, my pick would be O'Hara. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think that Nichelle was... Um, was you know, it was great. And obviously she didn't get as much to do as, as some other characters. Um, um, but the, her very presence on the bridge meant so much to so many people. And I think Nichelle did that role with dignity and class and competence until Star Trek five, uh, where she did the fan dance, but until that's not her fault. Yeah. And until then, you know, but I think it's, 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 it's pretty remarkable and how much that, role meant to people and continues to mean to people. One of the great things about about. Uhura
1: was the way that Spock interacted with her. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I I know there's, there's so much uh, blowback about what happened in 09 about you know, in the the Star Trek 09 movie that they have a relationship. Um, and a lot of people are, well, well, that could never happen. But to be fair in early TOS episodes, there was chemistry between them and Spock respected her immensely. She, uh, you know, he knew that she was uh, very good at her job and was uh, qualified and and excellent and in some cases, even more qualified than Spock himself. So uh, I think that there is there is groundwork to set that up. Um, And honestly, it's it's a shame that uh, TOS didn't
0: get a chance to sort of explore that a little bit. And they both love to jam. They love to jam together both singing and playing the Vulcan harp and doing all the stuff with the saying, Oh, Charlie, Oh, Charlie, and all that stuff. They reach baby. So, um, but that was, yeah. So I definitely her. And also, you know, she was in the line of command. I mean, we saw in the animated series where she was ready to take over, you know, which was, and be captain, which was, which was great. So Nichelle would be my pick for TOS for deep space nine. I would have to say, um, Jadzia, uh, um uh Jadzia. as much as it's, it's like it's tough with Major Kira but I always I always loved Terry Farrell loved Terry Farrell and I loved that character but she's just a little you know she's funny she's sarcastic you know um the, the, you know but I love Major Kira too um and then uh, uh, Voyager uh, would be um, 7 of 9 definitely um and then on enterprise, yeah, I mean, it's like we said, there's not exactly a, a, an abundance of riches there. I would definitely go with Jolene as as, as to Paul, and uh, but I understand the Helen Noel. I mean, I would you know I'd say Sherry Jackson is and Andrea too, if we're going to go with the you know guest stars that yes, you know, but she was a ten year old, but she was a very talented robot. <laughs> she she
2: just like Rock, can I, just just like Rock. Can can David, i boldly you know, go where we have not gone before on this this episode. Try it. Mention contemporary what CBS All Access? Sure. Um, I'm sorry I can't you. As you guys know, I have a great uh, affection and and professional respect for uh, for Aniston Mount. I think he's effing great as Mm -hmm. Catherine Pike. I also loved Rebecca Romaine. as number one.
3: Great as number one.
2: Awesome.
0: Well, look. I mean, I've worked with Rebecca. I love Rebecca. She was great. You know, in librarians, I love working with her. And I thought she was a great number one in, uh, in um, uh, that Star Trek here in Discovery. Yeah, she I, was. She was really good. You know, and I'm I, sure she'll be great in the new show as well. I don't. I
1: don't think. I don't think they've written number one very well on the new shows, uh, because it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Uh, maybe it's. Maybe it's because of the uh, greater. Acting capability of Rebecca Romaine perhaps, uh, because frankly, uh, Majel uh, is sort of one note in uh, in the Cage.
0: Maybe that's why he married her. Who knows? Well, I don't think you can do that in this show, where because yeah. basically Majel was Spock, right, in in the yeah. Cage, and you can't now that you have Spock, right, but being you know, Spock, if you're, it'd if be very you're... hard to depict number one as emotionless. Sure, emotion. it's very hard, but. That's why we have writers,
1: you know, to figure that out and to figure how to do that. Because I think you can
2: somehow. You know, right? our job is to figure out how you do it and then be told no by the network.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you Whoa. know, I mean, look, I mean, the number one, Major Berry's number one. I mean, I think it was obviously the choice. Like, what, I mean, she has so many different colors she plays as an actress. I mean, you know, it's the same woman as Alexandra Troy. So someone must have told her, play it like this, you know? So I think it, I think it was, she was just supposed to be very, you know, matter of fact. I think it's not about emotion, but just more pragmatic, matter of fact.
1: Yeah. Well, that
0: also, sorry, go
1: ahead. No, no, I I was just going to say, yeah, but there are parts where she, you know, she is told that she can't go on to the, uh, on the landing party. And she sort of sits and mopes in her chair a little bit.
0: Yeah, but I agree. That's, you know, in the cages where you do see a little bit more of that sixty sexism because mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing with Yeoman Colt is really picked, pissed off right. that she wasn't picked to mate right. with Pike, you mm-hmm. know, that they want number one to do it. Inst- oh, no, Vina to do it instead yeah. of her. And she's very upset. And even number one is a little petulant about mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, Vina's going to get to sleep with the captain. And, and that, you know, that, look, that, I mean, it's a product of its time. I mean, it was made in the early 60s. Um, fortunately, I think a lot of that in translate into Chatner Star Trek, yeah. right. you know, despite the you know, what people think, because it's people who don't understand the show, who haven't watched the show, who maybe, you know, seen the clip packages, and don't really get it. I mean, that's, you know, why we just I think did a very good job of, of sort of repudiating this idea that, you know, *60 Star Trek is just about Captain Kirk sleeping with a bunch of hot women. You know, and uh, I think that they also that idea that misconception is also um enhanced by william wear tice's amazing costumes um you know i know that i i you know we tried to do a few things on our show where we paid homage to william wear tice and you know it's hard because people like oh no no you can't do that you know it's like it's too sexist or it's too this or it's too that and um and uh but i think that you know I, it goes to that whole idea of, of Roddenberry and the new humans and the freedom. And, and it's just that, – that stuff was so groundbreaking and so – you know, it's like that book. I don't know if you read that book, the costumes of Star Trek that Simon Schuster put out a couple of years ago. And it's like you get through twenty or thirty pages of classic Trek, and it's almost like a museum. It's like, oh my God, this stuff is so beautiful. This stuff is 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 gorgeous. And then you start to get to the other shows, and it's like I don't want to see this. I just want a book about the original show because you know, once you get to the Bob Blackman stuff and the, the later stuff, it's so boring. You know, once you get you know past the original show and sort of you know the Bob Fletcher stuff from the, the first two movies,
1: but to be fair, um, I think that uh, a lot of that direction was given from higher above to uh, Bob Blackman and Robert Fletcher, uh, so that they weren't given as uh, you know as much of a carte blanche as uh, Bill Tice was. So no, I agree. I think that has. Yeah, but a I lot love to
0: do Bob Fletcher's it. stuff until Star Trek Three. Yeah, I love Bob, until you get to Little Lord Fauntleroy with Chekhov mm-hmm. with the pink thing, and, and even Shatner, what he's wearing... You know, like, Star Trek Four I really don't like, like, yeah. uh, you know, where he... Basically, Nimoy is in the bathrobe, the white terry cloth right. robe, yeah. and uh, and Shatner's in the maroon outfit, though, and with the white shirt, and by then, he's already putting on weight, so, like, putting Shatner in, a, like, a white... Shirt is not like really smart. I mean, I remember for free enterprise, we put him in. He wanted to be in this like white tracksuit, and I think we said, "You look like a marshmallow." He said, "He looks like a marshmallow." And then we started.
2: And then we started. And then I possibly could. I knew that William Shatner could never destroy us.
0: But then I remember he he said he said us, he said you know I look good in Armani, and I I'm like I bet you do, but we don't have the budget for Armani.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How have we not mentioned the Romulan commander? From the Enterprise. Oh my goodness! Oh,
0: yes, no.
1: Joanne Linville, Joanne Linville, Linville. Wow.
2: Do we ever hear her name? I don't think we no, do. No, we don't. We no, don't. she's Romulan commander. Uh, Diane, is it Diane Duane, who uh, yep. wrote my Enemy, *My Enemy, My Enemy, My Ally* and *Dreadnought* and all that? Right. Uh, Star Trek novels. She doesn't even get a name there, and they turned it into like uh, Diane Duane. God, I think it's Diane Duane who turned it into a whole thing. I think you um, right. With the with that book, with the whole like the secrecy of like the name, there was a whole cultural thing and. Um, it was really awesome, and she was awesome in those books, too. But I always loved her. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I oh, wait, but that, forgot, but that was that –
3: what was it? The Price of the Phoenix. It was written by two women in the
0: fate Sandra of Sandra the- Marshak and Coldwell. Yes, that's right.
3: what it was. Yeah, she was like the star of those books. I still have those somewhere.
0: <laughs> we should have had you on the novel episode. <laughs> we did an episode about the Star Trek oh, novels. Yeah, and yeah, you know, really
3: well. well, look, we haven't even talked about Mars, I, the, the Klingon uh, – the wife of, of the Klingon commander who comes on board. She was also the science officer right. in the episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, she's great, too. She, was, she
3: was great. She was he, very cool. Because she was the, ended up being the peacemaker. And,
0: right. Everyone in that episode is great. It's not a great episode, but Michael Ansara is great Ooh. as Kang, and she's great as, as Mara. And you're absolutely right, because on the Klingons, there's no sexism. Everyone is equal. You know, and it's and like, Bator, I, it's, right? it's true. Yeah, they had their own let's bird of prey. Let's talk
1: about Ursa and right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you sound like, let's talk let's, about, it sounds like about we're about
1: doing therapy here. We have a conversation. Is. This is therapy. I think they are the most <laughs> ludicrous characters ever. And I think it doesn't, it doesn't serve well, the Klingons well. Comedy. It doesn't serve the yeah. story well. No. No, it, it's just, it's just comedic. It's just comedic for goofiness' sake, and it doesn't serve no. women at all. It doesn't serve Klingons at all. It doesn't serve the story at all. It's just
2: stupid. There. Well, yeah. But don't mince words, Darren. What
0: are you, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, are No, Valkyries like in Star Trek Three, where she's uh, stolen the she plans has and the Genesis. Muscles. Wait, no, 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 no
2: Star Trek Five. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of Spice
1: Williams instead. Yeah, Trek that's no, Valkyrie. No, I'm Star Trek about Star Trek 3, Three. Is kind right. of you know is is oh, really is cool oh. and and uh, you know and uh, sort of a yeah. sneaky spy, but she's stupid to tell you know Krooge
0: uh, <laughs> that she's what yeah. she's seen the information. He looked at it. Looked at it. Have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. anything? It's like you Did think you read it. <laughs> that's what. Oh shit! That's when you still think it's going to be a good movie. Right. It's like, oh, you're on this freighter, and you think, oh, Valkyrie, she's like this Klingon spy, and she's stolen the plans, of the Genesis, uh, and you're like, well oh, well this done, is going to be good. This well going to be. Good. And then, and then she says, oh yeah, I looked at the plans. And he goes, Oh, that's too bad, and blows yeah. her up. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh my God. And, and, and blows up the guy from Phantom Menace who's piloting the freighter or whoever that guy is, who's like a bunch of cargo nets. They've thrown in some boxes. Right. It's a Klingon freighter.
3: But yeah. uh, wasn't she honor by honor obligated to tell him? Like, wasn't it that she couldn't lie or something? Sometimes I think. lie
1: she, all the time.
3: She knew it was a kamikaze mission. I felt like she had a thing for him or something. But this is
0: before Klingons had honor, because that whole thing, I was like, whoever, they never realized, like, you know, when they did Next Gen, like, that was not how it worked. The Romulans were the ones who were the ones with the honor, right, right. and the ones who had the bird of prey, yeah. and the Klingons were just like the Russians, right? And yeah. they, they they and they were just bad, and they were warlike, and they were, you know, all these things, and, and, and they had these cool decepts. And things but somehow it all
2: got jumbled up well don't get and me started on birds of prey because that used to make me nuts but
3: uh well i think That's... they basically made the klingons into the klingons and the romulans like put together because they yeah, couldn't well... use the romulans forever what was the episode where they show up in the last two minutes they're like
0: neutral they're
3: zone to be back right and then okay. they disappear i don't see him again for another season i'm like all right okay. bye. can
0: i just say we, we we all talked about how best of the both worlds was like this amazing cliffhanger and how it, we after that you know next generation would forever become this legendary star trek series and like what a hard summer that was waiting but you know people forget at the end of season 1 when the romulans finally show right. up and, cool. and there've been like little hints that they were doing that maybe the romulans were coming and it, and it goes we're we've been distracted yeah. you know it's apparently that was George, and they go we're back and it's like, holy man. Oh my gosh. And no. we're all thinking, this is going to be great. I can't wait for September right. when the show comes back. And then, and, and then it has the, the writers yeah. went on strike. Yeah. And, and then it comes back with the child. Not a mention. Yeah. Not a mention of the Romulans. I know. Nothing. And, I and then episode two, the where silence has lease. Nothing. Except, oh, I think they see a phantom Romulan ship that gets destroyed. It has nothing to do with anything. And then I don't remember what the third one was. But it doesn't pay off. It doesn't go anywhere. All this stuff about, like, oh, you know, they distracted by the Borg and stuff that they were going to do Never realized is because, that what it
3: was? Was it the board? Oh
0: yeah. That was what Maurice Hurley was setting up. He was gonna set up the board. And then Times Squared was gonna lead into q Who and they had this whole plan, and then they abandoned it all because they didn't want to do serialized and they say, Oh, the writer strike screwed us up and they didn't we didn't wanna I, I don't know what the real story is, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, total clusterfuck. And it's too bad because that show could have been firing on all cylinders that year. Yep. Instead, I, you had Doctor Pulaski saying,
3: "You're just a robot. You don't have feelings.
0: Who cares?"
3: That's a character I did not <laughs> like. A female character I did not like. I mean, she was very efficient and probably very good for at her job, but I did not find her. So she was not someone I would want to go hang out with. Hmm. You're just a robot,
0: and it's so funny because she was so cool and kind of sexy in the original Star Trek. Right. You know, when bo- in both episodes, in both her episodes, roles, in mm-hmm. both her roles was Miranda Jones yeah. is. Mm-hmm. is, is there in truth no beauty and then she you know in return uh, to tomorrow where she was one of the Anne, uh
1: and Anne
3: mulhall. mulhall she was an yeah. astrobiologist that's correct who, i think that she was like the highest ranked woman in star trek that we'd seen in, in that star trek series at that time or something. i think you're right She was great in yeah that. Mm-hmm. no they made they just told her look your character has to be really different than dr crusher who's really nice so just make your character really neat right that was the
0: direction. <laughs> and be mean to data, the one guy who can't defend himself. It's like when when when, when like McCoy was mean to Spock, okay, you're being mean to the smartest mm-hmm. guy who has no emotions. Fine, right? He can he can take it. He can take it. But no, instead, you're going to be mean to the little kid who doesn't know better. Mm-hmm. And it's like she just comes across as off, as just an the, awful person. Like she's kicking a puppy. Mm-hmm. It's like she's kicking a pu- literally
2: and not it's even like a she's bad amused.
1: puppy you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break ranks here and say that I really liked her character and I thought it was a nice change of pace from the kind of flat white bread of Dr. Crusher, honestly.
3: Fair enough, it created friction. It created some, like, yeah. you know, drama. That... And
1: that episode where she saves Picard's life is great.
2: Yeah, but you know what, she had, she was, she had the wrong target. Like, if, if her target had been Picard, I think it would have worked. If she had been, like, yeah. just up his ass the whole time i think it would have worked because i think, I think you're right that. i
0: think you're right anyway the episode where she saves picard you mean the whole episode where they're talking, there's only one doctor in the universe that can save picard's life and they don't mention that it's pulaski yeah. at the end you think oh maybe it'll be a gates cameo or something cool and it's dr pulaski waiting for him to conduct the surgery It's awful <laughs> you're you're a, you're a tough man altman I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I. But yet, you know, we, one day we have to come back and talk about the things we like about first and second season because I have to admit there are things about I, I where I feel it was actually more audacious and more crazy and and taking more risks than it did later. But that's a whole another conversation. But this conversation is now at an end. But boy, was it interesting! This, con- and I, this conversation I loved- can serve no further purpose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about Aylea. That's yeah. true. Well, we did because we talked about uh, uh, Troy. Deanna Troy. So, yeah. I liked too. So did I. Mm-hmm.
0: I. I liked her. I thought she was interesting. And uh, it would have been interesting if Phase 2 had happened to see how they would have developed that I character. I think that
1: probably would have been the only interesting thing
0: about Phase 2, honestly.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Um, this is great. so so glad we finally got you on the show, Miss Gabrielle Stan. Thank you so was, much
3: for having me. I promise not to be so busy. I don't want to be busy. I'd rather do this all the time.
0: Well, we definitely want to have you back. I, I, you know, especially I think we're going to be doing these Zoom ones for the foreseeable future. I don't know when we're going to be back in the studio. So, um, just means I have
3: like to put on know. makeup. You realize it's the first time I've put on makeup. Everyone enjoy it. It's the first makeup in like you know three weeks. <laughs>
0: Because we were talking about, like, do we go back in the studio? If we did, we have to wear masks. I mean, that makes no sense. So no, no, no. it's like we, we got to just keep.
3: You can't talk them. to them. They're hard to talk to. I them.
0: can't breathe through them. I mean, let alone uh, uh, talk through
3: them. And
1: you can only talk so.
0: about the Next Generation episode masks. So, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's Ooh, the one to
3: that for an hour. I really so. don't.
0: Yeah, I'd rather get coronavirus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> God,
0: oh my God! But this was this was this was great, and and thank you, uh, Gab, and thank you, Ashley, and of course, thank you, Darren. I want to remind our audience that you can watch episodes of Inglorious Trekkers by downloading the free Electric Now app at your favorite app store for i um Apple or for Android. So download Electric Now and watch. Glorious Trek experts and all your favorite Electric Surge podcasts as well as episodes of Leverage and The Librarians and you can see Gab's super cool Star Trek I like office it. I don't know what you know you can, I guess you can't her woman cave it's her woman it man cave, cave. It's her woman cave. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's it's really really cool. And I'm really sorry we're not going to see you at San Diego this year. That's that's you know that's I everybody's I so busy that. I what
3: the hell? No one's going to be seeing anyone in San Diego, but um, but maybe Vegas.
0: Yeah. I know, but that's maybe? like the one time we can always count. Maybe we'll do Vegas. You know, because they just announced that the creation convention has been moved to December. And now that they're not doing that crappy Rio hotel, but instead doing it at Caesars, we could all stay at Caesars or the Bellagio mm-hmm. or the Cosmo. Could be fun. Yeah, could be really fun. I, I mean, I, you know, if, 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 assuming the second wave hasn't hit like a tsunami of uh, coronavirus, which it may very well, sadly, um, I I'd totally be down with that. That would be fun.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Know? It's I know be a be lot pop, of people pop, ask it's us. I'm in Vegas. Huh.
0: The last, the last really, remember, God, we went to a wedding in Vegas once. We that did, was a, a long time, time ago. ago. 20 years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. I think that was the last time I stayed at the Rio. Oh, um, it was a costume wedding. Oh, it was a Star Trek wedding. But enough about, uh, yeah. enough about that. Um, mm. So, uh, this this was great. And uh, we're looking forward to having you on the show again soon. And, and, you know, thanks for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come <laughs> join us. And... Uh, <laughs> Until, uh, until next Saturday, keep on trekking, ingloriously, gloriously, of course.
3: <laughs> Bye.
0: Thank you. Engage. <laughs>